0: Hi everyone. As we enter the month of April with more uncertainty in the near future, it's more critical than ever that we reach out to others. Physical distancing does not have to drive us to be socially or emotionally distant. Connecting with people through alternative means is more important than ever. Continue supporting those friends, family, and strangers who are in need of assistance and our fellow community members and heroes keeping our healthcare systems, supply chains, essential businesses and emergency services running we all play a critical role in this fight by staying as healthy as possible most importantly act with kindness and compassion take care of yourselves reach out to others for mutual support if we remain united as neighbors americans and global citizens we will make it through this thinking of you all wherever you are out there take care Welcome to Soil Stories with Nick and Leanna.
1: Episode 5,
2: The Alphabet of Soils and Soil Judging. So in this episode, we are going to dive into the common language we use as soil scientists to communicate and describe the properties of soils. We will also talk about the intercollegiate contest known as soil judging, which challenges students to develop these skills.
0: Soils are incredibly diverse and amazing. Unbelievable combinations of black, white, green, blue, gray, brown, red, orange, pink, and yellow colors. Wide ranges in texture and unique structures occur in a seemingly infinite combination of different layers in the soil. That's part of what makes soil science so much fun. Soils are everywhere and all you need is a shovel or an auger to engage in an act of discovery. It's addicting digging holes. As you dig through the layers, or horizons as we call them in soil science parlance, you encounter new materials that each give clues to how the soil formed and why it looks the way it does. Soil scientists systematically describe the properties of these horizons in the field. Their color, texture, structure, the presence of rocks or coarse fragments, and redoxomorphic features. If you don't know what those are, listen to our podcast with Dr. Karen Vaughn. And we use that information to construct a narrative for how that soil formed. Every horizon plays a part in telling that story. And a completed description of a soil or soil profile includes a series of shorthand letters that are assigned to every horizon, which together tell the unique story of that soil. Those shorthand letters are standardized and form our alphabet of soils. We've got six major capital letters that we assign to horizons here in the U.S., O, A, E, B, C, and R, which are called master horizons. Although there are others, those are the ones we use most commonly. I called in some help from four current and former students that have taken field classes or soil judging with me here at the University of Minnesota to explain. Drea Williams and Devin Brody are both former students currently working for the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, or NRCS. And Gabe Benitez and Morgan Fabian are current students and the co-captains of the University of Minnesota soil judging team. All horizons are composed of organic soil materials.
1: A-horizons are mineral soil materials darkened by organic matter. This is what most people call topsoil.
3: E-horizons are zones of eluviation, which are horizons that are losing clay, iron, or organic matter.
1: B-horizons are zones of alteration relative to the parent material. They have accumulated materials like clays, iron, or organic matter that has leached down from above or have undergone changes in color or structure.
2: C-horizons have experienced little change relative to the soil parent material.
0: R is for rock, bedrock. These master horizon identifiers are combined with lowercase letters called suffixes or subordinate distinctions, that further indicate the unique properties of certain horizons. There are over 34 suffixes used in the United States, so we're just going to highlight a few here.
2: P indicates disturbance of a horizon by plowing or tilling. This is evidence from the structure or boundary of the horizon. K is for the accumulation of carbonates, also known as lime, in the subsoil.
3: Little t is for the accumulation of alluvial clay. That means clays leached downward by water from the upper part of the soil.
0: Now that we've got some common terminology, let's take, for example, the state soil of Minnesota, which is the Lester soil series. The soil series is the lowest level in the U.S. soil classification system, somewhat similar to the biological species concept. Soils belonging to the same soil series have similar physical and chemical properties and usually share similar origin stories. Soil series are named after the places where they were first described, so each has a proper name which can be used to refer to this common group of soils, such as the Lester Soil, which is named after the town of Lester Prairie in central Minnesota. The common sequence of horizons in the Lester Soil, from top to bottom, are... Capital A or AP, E, BT, BK, and C. Although seemingly simple, these letters tell an incredible story of how this soil formed. First, the Des Moines Lobe, an offshoot of the Canadian based Laurentide Ice Sheet, moved down into Minnesota and then Iowa during the last glacial maximum. As Dr. Carrie Jennings describes in our podcast, how glaciers shaped our landscape, these glacial lobes left unsorted sediments, smeared or spackled across the landscape, known as glacial till. And the properties of the glacial till are reflective of the rocks the glaciers ground up and transported as they advanced. The Des Moines lobe ended in Des Moines, Iowa, and in the process went over shale and limestone sedimentary rocks in Manitoba and the Dakotas. So the glacial till material it brought into Minnesota now making up much of the sea horizon in the Leicester soil, contains quite a bit of lime. Just 12,000 years ago, the Leicester soils were therefore relatively homogenous, glacial till sediment, an empty stage waiting for the grand play of soil formation to begin. The Leicester soils formed in the tension zone of Minnesota, between the warring domains of the forests and grasslands that fought for millennia across central Minnesota. Over time, as vegetation grew at the surface of the soil, a darker-colored mineral topsoil, or A horizon, began to form. As water began to act on the soil, the carbonates, or lime, that were originally present in the soil all the way to the surface, were leached downward or illuviated, forming the BK horizon. Clays were then leached downward from the upper part of the soil, forming a clay-enriched subsoil, or BT horizon and in between the a and b horizons a gray leached eluviated or e horizon developed from which the clays and carbonates were lost and finally evidence of plowing of the surface horizon which would be labeled an ap horizon is often present in the Leicester soil and tells the story of much more recent land use following european settlement in the state but this is not just an academic exercise Being able to communicate the properties of a soil in a standardized way and understanding its formation or genesis are critical for making soil maps and making interpretations to apply that knowledge for land use in agronomy, forest management, development, and wildland management applications. Here's Drea again.
1: The biggest thing about describing a soil pit um, is to describe what you see. And if you're consistent in doing that across the landscape, uh, you can create the picture, paint the picture, and tell the story of the soils as they are in that area. Uh, we collect a lot of data in my job, and precisely uh, that data is used in creating interpretations on how to use and manage the land and the soils. But uh, that, that data is, comes directly from the soil description.
0: And in the United States, undergraduate students learn these skills and then travel to face off against each other in soil judging contests. A host digs and describes a set of soils in their area and invites teams to come investigate those soils. Over the course of a week, students learn how to describe, classify, and interpret the soils of the local area.
2: You get your muffin tin and your trusty trowel and you go at it.
0: Okay, the tools of the soil judging trade are a bit odd. Things like muffin tins, rolling pins, knives, cheese graters, a book of paint chips, hammers, and diluted acid are just some of the common items in the toolbox. Muffin tins, by the way, are used by many students for collecting samples from different horizons. Students are able to observe these horizons by standing in a large soil pit, or exposure, which shows the soil in profile.
2: For me, I look at the soil and I try and um, pick out all the horizons that I think there are and then I'll take my trowel and get samples from each horizon, put them in my muffin tin, um, take that back to a little spot that I have outside of the pit and I will go through each sample, color it, texture it, um, and look for other characteristics in the soil that there might be.
0: And at the end of the week, these teams compete to see who can best match an official judge's description of those soils. Soil judging contests involve long days in the field. Wake up at the crack of dawn.
3: Anywhere from 5.30 to 6 in the morning is
0: what you can expect. In all weather conditions.
3: Sideways rain, snow, sleet, sunshine, and 45 mile per hour winds. The weather isn't always working in your best favor. You have to become persistent and... You learn to accept things that you can't change and to work through them.
0: Soil judging contests offer individual challenges and teamwork.
2: Doing team pits has really helped me um, listen to people and hear them out and then be able to, as a team, come to a consensus.
0: But above all, are unparalleled learning opportunities for students and their faculty coaches as we travel to learn about soils across the country.
3: Minnesota, South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, California, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Illinois. I came from an area where I wasn't afforded the opportunity to travel. And through soil judging, it's really opened my eyes to kind of the importance of traveling throughout the U.S. It's outside of the classroom, and I think that's a key component to soil judging, is that it gets you out of the classroom and you get to experience things that are so much different than something a textbook would show you.
0: As with all large events and activities in the coming months, both the North American College Teachers of Agriculture, or NACTA, Soil Judging Contest, which was set to be hosted by Fort Hayes State University in Hayes, Kansas this week, and the 2020 National Soil Judging Contest, which was set to take place the week of April 19th in Ohio, have been canceled. However, one thing is sure. The work of understanding our soils and landscapes for the benefit of our society will continue. We salute the many soil judging students across the country who are looking forward to their time in the pits this spring. Stay safe. Stay strong and keep going until next time you guys be well
2: be safe
0: and be smart